Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. Today, we are starting a brand new series that is just simply called First John. That's, that's what we're calling this series, First John. And over the next five weeks, we're going to be doing like a deep dive study into one specific book of the Bible, the book of First John, which is found in the New Testament. It's actually right near the end of the New Testament. If you go to the very back, I'm, you can probably find it. It's around there. So it's in the New Testament there. And this series is different than the majority of series that we do. We've actually done this every year as a church around this time, is we've done a study on one specific book of the Bible. But normally what we do is we'll do a series based on a topic. So maybe we'll talk about relationships, or we'll talk about finances, or maybe freedom, and then we'll, we'll go find what the Bible has to say about that topic. But this series is going to be a little bit different. In this series, instead of determining the topic, and then we finding what the Bible has to say, we're going to let the Bible determine what the topic is. So over the next five weeks, we're literally going to study this one book, the book of First John. And I'm so excited for this series. And one of the reasons why is because our team has worked really hard to create a just a custom, like our team made it, an online 24-day devotional that we can all go through as a church to go along with this series. And I want you to know that you can find that devotional starting right now, two different places. One, on our website at Queen's citypeople.com slash one John. Don't do first or don't spell out first. Do one John. And you can find that devotional. It's all online. You can find it there. But then also you can find it every single day on our app. If you go to our app, you can see at the very bottom, there's a, there's a spot that says the first John devotional. You can go and that's where you can find it. And every single day, here's what's really cool, is that we're going to read a, a few verses from first John. There's going to be a short devotional that is written by somebody on our leadership team. And then there's going to be some practical tools and some prayer points for us to pray together as one big family and some tools to really help you. And uh, it starts tomorrow. And I just want to encourage you, just as a leader in your life, as a pastor in your life, especially if you call this place home, this is one of those where I'm asking everybody to participate. I'm telling you, I think, I think it's good for us to be able to do some things like this from time to time. And especially if you've never like consistently read the Bible, this is a great way to start is to be able for the next 24 days to say, hey, we're gonna dive into this devotional. Let's do this thing together. Again, it starts tomorrow. So before we jump into the, 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 the real meat of the message, I wanted to give you a little bit of context behind the book of 1 John. It is a very short book. It's only just like a few pages in my Bible. It only has five chapters and 105 verses. So if today you, you said, hey, I want to read this book of the Bible, it would only take you about 10 to 15 minutes to read it through all the way. And most scholars believe that this was written by a guy named Shocker John. Um, most people believe that it was written by a guy named John, and most scholars believe that this John was the same John that's mentioned all throughout the Gospels as one of the 12 disciples of Jesus. This is one of the 12, the people that followed Jesus all along life. But not only was he one of the 12 disciples, he was known as one of the three that were in like his inner circle. 
And if you see all throughout the gospels, you'll see these three men that are constantly like in the, like, are like very, very close to Jesus. And so you'll see that he was always close to Jesus. In fact, at the cross, Jesus went and told John, John was the disciple at the cross that Jesus told to take care of Jesus's mom after he would pass. And so how many of you know that they were close because you wouldn't trust mama with just anybody. I mean, but so he said, no, Hey, I want you to take care of my mom. And, and in fact, like if you read the book of John, which most, which most scholars believe that he wrote that as well, he refers to himself never as John. He refers to himself as, get this, the disciple Jesus loved. So he, he talks about Peter. He talks about Thomas. He mentions Andrew. He, he mentions Matthew. He mentions all the Thomas, all these disciples. But for John, he just says, oh, by the way, I'm his favorite. I'm the one that he loved. You, he could barely stand. You, yeah, he tolerated you. But me, I'm the one that Jesus loved. No big deal. And so John I want you to get this. Here's what I want you to understand with all this is that John spent three years literally side by side with Jesus. Like he heard Jesus speak. So when we read like the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew five, six and seven, he was there. Like he heard Jesus speak, not just in public, but he heard him in private. He heard him every time that they walked around and he just picked up all these things about Jesus. He saw how Jesus lived day-to-day life. He witnessed countless miracles. He was there at the very first time where Jesus did a public miracle when he turned water into wine. He was there when Jesus fed over 5,000 people with just a little bitty happy meal. He was there when Jesus walked on water. He was there when Jesus healed people. He was there. When Jesus raised dead people back to life, he was there at the cross. And the Bible says that he was even there at the empty tomb. And he was there even when Jesus ascended into heaven. And that's why 1 John starts like this. He starts the whole book with this in verse one. He says, we proclaim to you the one, talking about Jesus, who existed from the beginning whom we have heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes and touched him with our own hands. He is the word of life. See, John is saying right off the bat to us that we got to understand here in Cincinnati in 2021, he's saying, guys, here's what I need you to understand. This is not just opinion. This is not just stuff that I read in a book. Like, this is not something that somebody else taught me. My parents didn't pass this along to me. This is something that I personally experienced. Let me put it this way. He's saying this is someone that I personally experienced. I was with Jesus. And for the rest of the book, John unpacks and he talks all about God's love for us through Jesus and what our response should be to that love. And today I want to kick off this series by laser focusing on seven verses in 1 John chapter 1. And it starts in verse 5. And this is what the Bible says. It says, this is the message we have heard from Jesus and now declare to you, God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But 
If we are living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all our sin. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. And he goes on to say this in chapter two, my dear children, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins and not only our sins, but the sins of all the world, including us. So today, if you're taking notes, I want you to write down this message title. I want to talk over the next few minutes over this idea of missing the mark. I want to talk to you about missing the mark. Let's pray and let's invite God to speak to us today. God, we love you. We thank you. Would you speak to us today? We don't want to just go through some motions, but we want to hear from you. So would you speak to us? In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, amen. Now, how many of you, just by show of hands, have ever been to one of those places where you throw axes? How many of you have ever been to one of those places? How many of you have ever just heard of those places? You've maybe seen it on Instagram. I know you've seen it on Instagram because you can't go to a place like that and not post about it on Instagram. And I've never been. I want to go. Uh, I'm really excited to be able to go at some point. Uh, I've had a couple opportunities, but couldn't make it. But um, I, I, it looks so fun. I've heard from so many people that it is really fun. But apparently, what I hear, the word on the street, is that the whole goal is that there's, there's this target. And the whole goal is that you are throwing axe and you want to hit the bullseye on this target. Like that's what you want to do. That is the whole goal of all these, these times. Now, my wife, Heather, she actually went one time, by the way, did she do such a good job last week on Mother's Day? Oh, come on. So good. Fantastic. Um, uh, but she, she went one time and when she went, I got sent a video. That was amazing. And I felt like I had to share it because when she went, this is what happened. Check this out. Oh my God! Oh yeah. How does it feel? Are you going to Disney World? Go ahead, front. I'm just very proud of myself. Oh yeah, my girls got skills. When I first saw that, I was like, I love you so much. And I'm slightly terrified of you. Um, yeah. Every time she goes and picks up a kitchen knife, I kind of pee myself a little bit now. And it's like, just that, you know. Um, but if, if we did that, most of us normal people, not named Heather Bullseye Cromer, uh, but, but most of us, if we were to do that, we wouldn't hit the bullseye. Uh, most of us would miss the mark. And this seven verses that we read from 1 John, it actually talks a lot about missing the mark. And he, it, he does this by using this, this word that often we only hear in church. 
It's kind of a church, I call it like a Christianese word. You know, it's something that you only hear in church. And he uses this word called sin. He uses this word called sin. In fact, in, in those seven verses that we read, he uses the word sin 10 times. And here's my best definition of sin. Sin is any deliberate action, attitude, or thought that goes against God. That's what sin is. That is the simplest definition that I can give. But if you study that word in the original language that it was written in, the original Greek, this word sin is, get this, it's actually an archery term. It's used for bow and arrows. And it simply means to miss the mark. That's what the word sin means in the original language. It's like this target that's here. It's, here's what you need to understand. The Bible says that sin that it's anything not hitting the bullseye. And it doesn't matter if you miss it by just a little bit or if you completely miss the target. It doesn't matter if it's a little bit or if it's a lot, that it's still missing the mark. And the Bible goes on to say in Romans chapter three, verse 23, that for everyone has sinned. Every single one of us, that we have not hit the bullseye every single time, that we all fall short of God's glorious standard. And I did a word study on that word all in the Greek, and it means all. <laughs> I know the other one meant something different, but that one, it means all. It literally means they, they nailed that one. Um, so that means, get this, that means even like Mother Teresa missed the mark. That Martin Luther King Jr., that Billy Graham, that yes, even your sweet grandma missed the mark. Yes, even sweet, innocent, precious boo-boo granny. She missed the mark. And that also includes everybody that's here today. That includes everybody that's in this room in Memorial Hall and Overflow and that's watching online. That includes me and that includes you. In fact, let, let me put it this way. This is a little bit nicer way of asking it. I'm not going to say how many of you are sinners, uh, but I'm going to ask it this way. <laughs> I'm going to ask it this way. Just how many of you by show of hands? I think church should be a very safe place to talk about anything. Um, so how many, of you, how many of you believe that, that like, like you got issues? Just come on, come on. If you got issues, just raise your hand up high. Come on, don't T-Rex arm that thing. Put that thing up high. Let everybody see. Well, how many of you got so many issues that your issues got some issues? You can put up the other hand and that's... That's you. I just want you to know, keep them up. No, keep them up. No, be, be proud of your issues, okay? I want you to know if your hand is not up right now, that is your issue, okay? Uh, that's a, but doesn't that make you feel better? Doesn't it make you feel better when you look around? It's like, oh, I'm not the only one. I've got issues. You got issues. And I, it, listen, I believe with all my heart that church, that is not a country club for perfect people. So if you're here and you're like, I got some issues, welcome home, like these signs say. If you're watching online, you got some issues. Hey, this is a great church for you because church is not meant to be a country club for perfect people who have it all together. But that church is a hospital for the sick and the broken and the people that are jacked up and the people with issues. So you need to know that there's something that we all have in common today is that we all sin, that we've all made mistakes. We're all messed up. We've all missed the mark. None of us have a perfect bullseye every single time. Every single one of us.
And by the way, I want you to hear this. You never outgrow this. Ever. So no matter where you are on your spiritual journey, this still applies to you. So maybe you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus. I'm here to tell you the truth. I love you enough that you've missed the mark. But I also want you to know that if you've been following Jesus, that you still miss the mark. Yes, you're saved, but you still sin. You still mess up. I don't know about you, but I know I do. And so what do we do? What do we do? No matter where we are in our spiritual journey, whether it's like I've been saved or I haven't been saved, what do we do with our sin? See, when we read these verses, we see John, he says that all of us, we have a choice when it comes to this fact that we've all missed the mark, that we can do one of two things. And here's the first thing that, that we can do with this. The first thing that we can do, here's the choice, is that we can keep sin in the dark. That's a choice that you have the right to make, that we can keep our sin, our issues in the dark, that we can keep our mistakes, we can cover them up, that we can keep all our sins, all the ways that we miss the mark comfortably hidden in the dark. We can make that choice. It's when we put on our church mask and act like everything is perfect. And we act like we got our whole lives together where we get out of our car and we slap on some fake smiles and have some fake conversations. It's where deep down our lives are a dumpster fire. But when we get to church, it's like we flip a switch. It's like, how you doing? You doing good? It's awesome. How you doing, brother? You know, we always throw in the brother sometimes, you know? How you doing? Doing good? I'm good. I'm blessed. Actually, I'm blessed. Blessed and highly favored from the Lord above. I am. I am. I'm too blessed to be stressed. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> it's like we laugh, but it's so easy to do that. We're like we're smiling on the outside, but we're dying on the inside. And it's so easy to be able to do that. And I just want to say right here may that never be our church. May that never be our church. See, I dream of our church being a safe place where you can be honest, where you can take off a mask and be real and say, here's what's really going on in my life, whether that's good, whether that's bad, whether that's somewhere in between, whether it's ugly, that you can say, here's what's really going on in my life. And when we read these seven verses, we see that John does not play with this. In fact, he says this in verse six, he says, so we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God. I have a relationship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. You may know truth, but you're not practicing it. Don't get mad at me. Get mad at John, okay? Just get, because I, I know sometimes I read the Bible, it's like, man, he gets all up in my business. And he says this in verse eight. He says, if we claim we have no sin, then we're good. It's all good. If we claim we have no sin, we are only not just fooling other people, we're fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. And then he goes for the trifecta in verse 10. He says, if we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. And I just want you to know that that's a choice that you can make. You can keep sin in the dark, but I also want you to know that if you choose to do that, there are some very serious consequences that come from that. 
There are some things, some consequences for taking things and leaving them comfortably hidden in the dark. And listen, nothing grows in the dark. Let me take that back. Nothing healthy grows in the dark. How many know mold can grow in some dark? (laughs) But if you take the things that are unhealthy in your life, and some things that, the ways that you miss the mark and you, you keep it in the dark, I think there are some things that can grow like guilt and shame. But outside of that, here's what I found, is that whenever we choose to keep something in the dark, it is like a glass ceiling in our relationship with God. It's like, I wanna grow, but I can't. I wanna go to the next level, but I can't. God, I want to be close to you, but you feel so far away. And it's like this glass, it's like an e-break in your relationship with God. When it's like, I am choosing to put something in the dark. It will keep you from growing. It will keep you from moving forward. That's why I believe you're only as sick as your secrets. And like, if you're the only one that knows your secrets, you're in trouble. You don't have to tell everybody. I'm not advocating you go after service and go work the outside lobby and just tell everybody all your junk. I'm not asking you to do that. But you need to tell somebody. Here's why. Because what stays hidden will not heal. Trust me. As somebody that's been following Jesus for over 20 years, I've just learned no matter where I am in my spiritual journey, that what stays hidden will not heal. But the good news today is that we have a choice. We can either keep sin in the dark, or number two, we can bring sin into the light. Where instead of hiding, covering up our mistakes, our issues, our sins, the way that we miss the mark, we bring them into the light. And in 1 John Chapter one, verse seven, he says, but if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, his son cleanses us from all sin. And here's what I found is that the devil will do whatever he can do. By the way, his job description is to steal, kill and destroy. And how he does that is with lies. And so what he will do is he will throw every lie that he has in his arsenal your way to keep those things comfortably hidden in the dark. He will. He will try to do that. And by the way, that's why I believe that one of his names that he's been given is the Prince of Darkness. Is because he thrives in the dark. And he wants you and your life and the things that you, he wants things in the dark because he knows that that can happen. It's like, ah, I can, I can, I can do some stuff with this. And he will throw every single lie his way to try to trick you to say, if you confess, if you take what's in the dark and you put it into the light, that all these bad things are going to happen. That if you do that, you're going to be exposed. If you do that, Everybody's going to know everything about you and that person's going to tell everybody and you're going to be fully exposed or maybe even worse that you're going to be rejected. That if people only knew all the things that were behind the scenes or the things that I've been through and the things that I've done, if somebody did that, they wouldn't accept me anymore. They would reject me. 
and that they maybe with that information, I'm going to be hurt. If I actually told somebody, I don't want to get hurt and I don't want to be taken advantage of. Or maybe if I, if I tell somebody like all the things that are good in my life, all those things are going to be taken away. But that's just not what the Bible says. See, the Bible says in first John chapter one, verse nine, it says, but if we confess our sins to him, to God, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from our wickedness. See, the Bible says right here, clear that if you go and you tell God all those things that you'll experience forgiveness. And then in James chapter five, verse 16, the Bible goes on to say, don't just confess your sins to, to God. It says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be exposed, be hurt. It says so that you may be healed. See, the Bible says that, yeah, if you tell God, here's what's going to happen. You're going to experience forgiveness. But if you tell other people, if you take what's in the dark and put it into the light, you're going to experience healing and freedom. And that is why our small groups are such a big deal. That's why we'll never stop talking about them. Because the goal of every single one of them is to get you in a place where that happens. I don't care what type of group it is. I don't care if you have dinner parties, if you talk about Sunday message, which is always fire, or if you play volleyball, no matter what it is, the goal is the same. I want you to hear this. It's to get to a place where you can take your mask off and say, here's what's going on in my life so that you can experience what the Bible says you'll experience, which is healing if you do that. Recently, I met with somebody um, who'd been following Jesus uh, for a long time. This is somebody who, who loves God, who serves God, following God. And they confessed something to me that they had been carrying for over 10 years and told anybody. And the best way that I can explain it is that in that moment, just imagine if I was up here and there was about six pieces of luggage. You ever seen like a movie where like a dad is running through with like a bunch of luggage? It's like that was the picture of their soul. And for 10 years, I'm living life this way. For 10 years, I'm walking around, carrying around all this baggage that limits me in so many different ways. And whenever they told me, it's like visibly I could see it. It's like there was a level of freedom. Now, here's what I want you to understand. And I really want to talk to people that are following Jesus here. That was somebody who all that luggage, all that baggage, all that sin, all that mistakes, all those things. Don't you get this? All of it was forgiven. All of it. Jesus forgave it. They'd received forgiveness for that. But they were still carrying it. They were carrying forgiven sin. And it was like this weight. And as soon as I could confess and tell somebody, take what's in the dark and put it to the light, I could see a visit. It's like a weight was lifted off of their shoulders and they could finally move forward. So when it comes to our sin, when it comes to missing the mark, 
Every single one of us, we all have a choice. We can either keep sin in the dark or we can bring sin into the light. But here's what we need to end with today is that no matter what choice that we make with that, whether we put it into the light or we keep it in the dark, the reality is, is that every single one of us still sin. Is that no matter what we do, we still don't hit that bullseye. And here's why that's such, why that's such a big deal is because that sin, it really comes with very real consequences. See, it says like in Romans chapter six, verse 23, it says for the wages, the penalty, the price of sin is death. And if you've never given your life to Jesus, that refers to what eternity could look like. But if you have given your life to Jesus and you're still carrying it around, that could be what reality looks like. Is that I could feel like, man, I, the wages of that is death. Sin doesn't make you bad, it makes you dead. And here's the sobering reality is that none of us, none of us can solve that problem. We can't go back in time and change what we did. We can't do enough good things to erase all the things that happened. We can't serve enough. We can't read our Bible enough. We can't go to church enough. You can't hit perfect church attendance enough. You can't, like you can't do any, you can't give enough money away. You can't do, you cannot do enough to solve that problem. We can't solve that problem. Aren't you encouraged today at church? This is such an encouraging message, but let me get to the encouraging side. We can't solve that problem, but God can. He can. God can solve that problem. So the question today is not what do we do to solve that problem? The question is what has God already done to solve that problem? And that's where 1 John chapter 2, verse 1 and 2 comes in, where John says, my dear children, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. How's that going for you? Probably as good as it is for me. I don't do very good at that. I don't. As much as I try, even if I can go a day, a week, a month, eventually, I'm not going to hit that mark. I can't hit bullseyes over and over and over again. But he says, you know what? I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, which we've already established is all of us. Here's the great news today. The encouragement today. We have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins and not only our sins, but the sins of all the world. And where it says he is the sacrifice that atones for our sin, a lot of times if you study the older translations of this text, it actually uses a different word. Check this out in the New King James Version. He says, and he himself, Jesus, is the propitiation. How many of you use that this week, you know? You know, I was just thinking the other day just about the propitiation of uh, just life, you know? And it says, he himself is the propitiation for our sins. 
not for ours, but also for the whole world. And John, he ends up using this big, somewhat intimidating, hard to say, theological word. So let me get, let me get Bible teacher on you. Use this word propitiation. And, and you can study this word yourself and there's all types of definitions. And, but here's the Middle Tennessee public school education, that's me. Um, it's the simplest way I can explain it today. Is that propitiation, it just means satisfaction. It just means satisfaction. And here's what you have to understand about who God is. See, on one hand, God is love. That's who God is. God is love. He doesn't have love. He is love. But on the other hand, God is holy and he's just. And that's the side a lot of times we don't talk about. We love to talk about this side. But a lot of times we don't talk about this side. And so, but for him to be holy, for him to be just, he can't be around sin. Remember 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, where it says that he is light and in him there is no darkness at all. So our sin, it must be paid for. Like there must be propitiation. There must be satisfaction. So instead of us paying for our own sins, God sent his one and only son, Jesus, to pay for our sins. And now here's the only other time that this word is used in the Bible. And it's in 1 John, it's in chapter four. And it's in verse 10. And listen to this. It says, this is love. You want to know what love is? This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he went first and he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, the satisfaction for our sins. In other words, that God is satisfied because the debt and the price of our sin has been paid in full through Jesus. And now because of that, God can be exactly who he is, full of love and full of justice and full of holiness, that that's who he can be. And now we can be with that God, which means, get this, write this down as we end, which means that Jesus, that he did what we could never do so that we could experience what we could never experience. That is what the good news of Jesus is about, is that Jesus did what we could never do so that we could experience what we could never experience. You wanna know what we could experience now because of what he's done, because of the propitiation that happened, because of that, we can experience life, real life. And see, not only can we experience eternal life, and that's what most people associate Jesus with, is that because of what Jesus did, that our record of sin can be erased so that we can stand before God and him still be loving and just. And because of that, we can experience like this eternal life. I get to spend eternity with God in heaven in perfect relationship because of what Jesus did. And that's true. But it's more than that. See, the Bible says that Jesus also came not just to give eternal life one day, but he came to give abundant life right now. 
that the best life that you and I could ever possibly live right here on planet Earth is found following Jesus. And I'm telling you, we never outgrow that. So maybe there is some things that you're carrying in the dark. And he's like, that's not how I designed life to be. Like, bring it into the light. And you can experience the best life that I've ever, that I've, that I've, that I've already paid for you to experience. The best life that you can found. See, Jesus. And the truth is, no matter how hard we try, no matter what we do, we cannot do that ourselves. And I'm fully convinced that there's a lot of people that follow Jesus, that, that have made the decision, I want to have eternal life, but I don't believe that the best life I can live is found following Jesus. I believe the best life I can found is my life. And I'm telling you, try it. Try it. And you will. He's not here to limit you. He's not here to make life worse. It's going to make life better. Follow Jesus in every area. And what, because Jesus did what we can never do so that we could experience what we can never experience, life. No matter where you are today on your spiritual journey, smile under those masks. That's some good news. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And we do this almost every service but we try to carve out some space for you to just have a moment with God. And right here, I just wanna encourage you, right where you're at, will you, will you pray this simple prayer? Will you just say, God, what are you saying to me today? You don't have to figure out what he's saying to everybody else, but just what are you saying to me today, God? Maybe ask him this, what is my next step today? What does my response need to be to this message? And maybe for some of you, what God is speaking to you is that you need to commit to being a part of this 24 day devotional that we're doing as a church. And maybe it's, maybe you've never really read much of the word of God. And this is a great opportunity to start. And maybe that's what God's saying. Hey, God, God's saying, that's your step today. Take that step. Maybe for some of you, is to take something that is in the dark right now and bring it into the light. It's, you've been living life carrying around a bunch of luggage and everything starts with taking it and putting it into the light. And maybe it's like, today I need to tell one person and I'm telling you, you need to do it today because you'll talk yourself out of it in two days. But the conviction that's right there, that God's saying that, Tell somebody that. Could be big, could be small, but something's in the dark and I need to put it into the light. For some of you, maybe you're here and you're far from God. And we always wanna give you the opportunity to make the decision to follow Jesus, to say yes to Jesus, to say yes to grace, to give him your life and to receive that type of grace and forgiveness that you can experience that propitiation that we talked about. Maybe you've never made that decision and maybe you have in the past, but today you just know, I, I, need, I need a fresh start. I'm far from God. And today I need, I need to come back to him. I need a fresh start. So whether you're here and you've never made that decision, or maybe you have in the past, but today you just want to rededicate your life to Jesus and say, I wanna follow you. I wanna restore a relationship that was broken. We're not gonna point you out. We're not gonna make you come forward or embarrass you in any way. I just wanna lead you in a very simple prayer 
And if you wanna be included in that prayer, whether it's for the very first time or it's all over again, I want you to, without hesitation, on the count of three, with every eye closed, to just simply raise your hand in the air and say, that's me, include me in that prayer. I need to give my life to Jesus. And we ask you to do that as a step of faith, to say, that's me. Before God, I am holding up my hand in submission. So if that's you, and you know that's the decision you need to make, you, you wanna say yes to Jesus today. On the count of three, just put your hand up in the air. One, two, three, I got you. It's awesome, it's awesome. Anybody else? That's me, that's me, that's me, I got you. It's awesome, it's great. It's great. If you're watching online, if that's you, just say, that's me. If you're in overflow, raise your hand and say, that's me, that's me. And just pray something like this in your heart. Just say, Jesus, I believe in you. And I'm sorry, I repent. I changed my mind. I changed my direction. If I've lived my life without you today, I need you. Will you come live inside me? And will you change me? And will you make me brand new? I surrender my whole life to you. I give you everything. I give you my life. And today I choose to follow you. And today I choose to receive the life that you paid for, for me to have. I receive eternal life. I receive abundant life. And we thank you for Jesus. And it's through Jesus that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Come on, church. Can you clap your hands and celebrate? Come on. Why don't you do that? Like you've never done Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at Queen City People.